the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. And, yep, 26 years later, we're still coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And if you'd like to uh, find out anything about us, it's very simple. Just go to www.exxonradiotv.com or on any of the social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. Now, to find out about the programming that we have available for you 24 7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network www.xzbn.net. Exonation, my guest this hour is Melina Hoslandale, and uh, she has um, always had a great desire to help people. Nothing is more satisfying than seeing the light bulb go on in someone's head where they now understand a major puzzle of their lives. She feels it is a great privilege to be able to relay messages of hope and provide clarity and validate a person's in- instincts. Now, this is a quote from this young lady. We are spiritual beings having a human experience, and we can be a bit awkward with ourselves at times and need a guiding light. Hmm, how true. We can't always see the path in front of us. That's where people like myself come in and help. Uh, She has always had an intuitive gift as a child. Her intuition protected her and gave her the clear line of sight that she needed to survive. She was given select life experiences so that she would be able to help others in the future as she evolved as a person. She is able to combine her real-life experiences along with her intuitiveness in a unique way that allows her to emphasize and empathize with others on a particular level. Her website is livingonintuition.com. And Melina, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you for having me today. So great talking to you. Uh, Before we went on air, we were talking about where you are, and you're in Portland, Oregon, a beautiful part of the country. Yes, I love it. It's really close to the ocean, so that's Mm. why it's nice to be. Tell me, what was it, uh, you know, how did you you deal with being a 
an intuitive and and having all these gifts as a young child and and how has it helped you growing up to be the person you are today um, it was really challenging at first because a lot of people they didn't as soon as they notice anybody having gifts they automatically think that uh, it takes a negative connotation so that was very challenging when I started seeing people's reactions to like either predictions that I made or things that I would see without even having any prior knowledge um, it made me kind of hide my gifts and I hid them for many years um, around people especially around family I come from a Catholic background so automatically they their way of thinking was that it was evil when it actually it's just something that everyone has so we all have an intuition uh, just some of us use it on different levels and we have different strengths and abilities that go along with that mm. now uh, growing up uh, it, it must have been hard for you did uh, how did your friends uh, assimilate or how did your friends uh, work out the differences that you had this ability and that you were kind of a person who was on a set path, how did they, how did they cope? Um, it's a very isolating experience because as soon as people start to realize that you see things in a different way than they do, it's, you know, it's scary for them. So they end up like staring, steering clear from you. Like I remember being like just in kindergarten alone and mm -hmm. I, you know, I would be able to see the kids auras around them and, I'd go home and, and you know tell um, my mother like you know I'm seeing these these colors around people and right. she like we have to go get your eyes checked you know <laughs> so it, it was it was different I was realizing that I was seeing things in a different way and I didn't have anyone um, that I could have validate the claims that I was having and, right. and validate some of the things that I was seeing so I thought that you know I was like wait a second people think this is weird so I would just kind of keep it hush hush you know but I was able to like. Uh, relatives would have something really crazy go on. I, I had this one um, aunt come in. She was, mm. you know, crying and somebody I didn't even really know that well. And I was like, your husband cheated on you. Ooh. And she was just like, <laughs> how do you know, you know, here I am. I'm like, you know, I'm only like seven years old. And, and she's like, how does this person know this? And so again, you know, they just kind of steer clear. And, and that person actually, you know, stayed away from me from, for many, many years. Um, they don't, it's not something that's, commonly validated and so it, it does frighten people and that's what I hope to when you know just kind of I call it coming out of my psychic closet mm -hmm. you know I hope that that helps people to realize that it is something that's real it does exist and, and we have these premonitions and we have these um, experiences for a reason and we can use them for our benefit and other people's benefit as well all right please stand by Melina we have to take our break, and we'll be back on the other side, Exxon Nation. And if you'd like to get more information on Melina, her website is livingonintuition.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We'll be back. Don't go away. Exonation. My guest this hour is Milena Hoslandale, and her website is www.livingonintuition.com. When did you start doing readings professionally, Milena? I came out of my psychic closet probably about five years ago that I started doing them. I just didn't realize that I could do it as a profession. I Again, you know, I, I was hiding, um, trying to prevent people from even knowing that I was, you know, psychic and just trying to be, I was trying to act normal uh, all this time. Um, 
<laughs> but finally I started getting more and more messages and it was just getting to the point where I couldn't deny it anymore. There was just, I, I just started getting hit head on from all different directions, wow. whether it was my regular work or whether it was people coming at me like your site, you need to start doing readings, you know? So I really um, took the risk and embarked on doing it. And the, the way I started doing it was like, I got to make sure that, you know, what I'm seeing is real. And, you know, I started um, doing lots of free readings for people. I just put myself out there and I was doing probably um, over about 200 readings a month just because I, I wanted to make sure that what I was providing people was actually um, was actually valid. And so I would have them, you know, give feedback. And, you know, I took a really scientific approach to um, this gift. I, I didn't believe in psychics. And, you know, I was taught not to believe in psychics. I was always taught to think that psychics are scams and that there's, and yes, you know, there really is. There's good, there's both good and bad. Of course, there's, and, good, there's, and, good, there's good and bad in everything. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, you know, I, the word psychic was too close to psychotic, so I was very, very scared of even using that term. Uh -huh. um, and I was like, oh, I can't even say that. But yet, you know, I started putting myself out there, and, and it was a really vulnerable place to be because it was something that I had hid for so long um, in my life. But once I started doing it, I just I really couldn't stop. And, you know, I, I'm really a basis of a personal development author and a self-help author and uh, an artist. I didn't put myself out there as being a psychic medium at all, you know. So once I started doing this, I just had like an overwhelming response from people and it just, it was what I was supposed to do. It just fell right into place and coming out was exactly what I was meant to embark on. And you know, you said a psychotic is very close to a psychic. A very good friend of mine here in Ontario who lives just up the street, well, not up the street, but up the highway about uh, 35 minutes from here is Dan Valcos and he oh. is Canada's most psychotic psychic. <laughs> and he, he's one heck of a guy. He gives college courses in the paranormal. And oh. uh, I've had the pleasure of knowing Dan, well, for nearly 30 years now. So uh, this is why I was chuckling when you said, you know, psychic is psychotic is close to psychic. But let well, me ask you this. Anyone else in your family gifted like you? You know, um, not in my immediate family, but I was really blessed with meeting my husband. I, you know, I, I used to live, I'm from the East Coast, I'm from Pennsylvania, and, and I was getting intuitive messages um, back when I was in my 20s that my husband was not in that area and that I was going to have to go travel. So I was, I was guided to California. And then from California, after I was there for like about six months, I just was sporadically, I was like, you know what, you have to go to Seattle. And I moved there, never been there in my life. And I just, I knew my husband mm -hmm. was going to be there. And that's exactly where my husband and my husband um, is gifted as well. So wow. it was amazing to meet someone on that on that level and um, to be able to have someone that kind of is really aligned with you vibrationally and uh, with your gifts that saw things. And I didn't have to hide. I could actually be myself around them, which was amazing. That That is wonderful because you have a built-in support system. Yes, yes. And all of our children are the same way. So we, you know, one thing I you know, mentioned before is like really important for me is um, mm -hmm. validating people. And we do the same thing with our children. We, you know, we have four boys and we validate what they see. If, if they see a spirit, we validate it. You know, we talk sure. about it. We all see the same thing. So it's really, uh, it's great to have that support system. And it's great to let them know that there's nothing wrong with them for yes. what they see. Yeah. Well, I, I, per I personally believe that there are so many people out there who have the gift 
But yes. because of society, they've been suppressed. Yep, exactly. That's that so wrong. That's what I'm saying. You know, everybody does have an intuition, and you can mm -hmm. hone in on it. We, you know, we're trained environmentally and through you know our immediate family and whoever we grew up with. We're trained to forget those things. We're we're trained to suppress that. And when it starts to awaken, when you're actually allowed to use your skills the way that you know you were intended to use them, mm -hmm. amazing things happen. That's and it's, right. It's like. Uh, Everything just awakens in you and you see the world. You start to see the bigger picture for things. And I think that's really important. How do you do your readings, Melina? When I started out doing them, you know, even when I was 12, I was really fascinated with, um, with tarot cards. And that's when, you know, I started doing like readings for family members. I wasn't a paid person <laughs> at that time. Um, but I would start doing my predictions and they would come up, they would come true. I actually predicted, uh, my own parents' divorce, you know, I was, when I was doing readings for them separately. And so it's pretty, it was pretty wild seeing different things actually manifest after I was doing readings. Um, but yeah, I started out with cards and then I realized cards really wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started doing, you know, I call it intuitive readings because what I was getting, my clairvoyance is my, my strong suit. I will actually see, you know, and remote viewing is probably my, my strength. Wow. Because I can actually see events that are taking place. I can describe the person that I can see. Mm -hmm. And these can be people that are like, you know, they're 2,000 miles away from me. They're, they're in different countries. And I'm able to see what's going on, describe it to them. Um, I really like that part of it. I don't like any clues at all. <laughs> I, I first started out doing um, chats with people because I didn't want to even hear their voice. I just wanted to be able to read their energy. Um, and it would be amazing because they'd be like, how can, how can you see these things? You know, um, we're just on a chat together and like, I'm mm -hmm. reading your energy and I'm able to retrieve that and to retrieve what's going on and, and to see into the future of events based on right now. Um, then I started going on to doing phone. Uh, so, but the reason I like that and the reason why I don't like to do in person is because I can't read your body language. I can't see the way you react when I say a certain thing. Um, there's really no guessing here. You know, I, I can't make the stuff up that I'm getting. Like if I have a loved one of yours come through, I can't make that up. I can't tell you about, tr you know, trust funds or wills or, and things that I have no idea of knowing without that person particularly telling me this. Well, I, I will tell you something. If you ever told me that you were getting a family member from my side that had anything like trust funds or hedge funds or stocks or portfolios, <laughs> I'd say, sweetie, you've got the wrong family for sure. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. You never know what comes through. I mean, yeah. it's it's quite amazing. There's you know there's healing that comes through. There's people that are just you know they've had abusive family oh. life, and uh, when people pass, it's like they start to actually see things differently, and they can really go back and they'll tell me what they did, and they tell mm -hmm. me what they did wrong, and I can sit there and um, explain that to the person I'm speaking with, and they can kind of get that closing that they need, that closure that they need. So let me let me ask you this: How do you deal with all the cross emotions that that you're subjected to each and every day? I have to do a lot of clearing um, every single day, and I, and I do that just you know alone for my family because I don't want to bring anything in. Sometimes I can be um, doing doing a reading, and then you know like a glass will move on the side, or you know something odd like that will happen. So I, I do have to make sure that I'm constantly clearing myself. Um, I also do healing on myself as well, so I can just it's really, really important for me to be a clear channel. It's like I have to be responsible with my vessel. You know, that means 
Like I, I don't smoke. I, I don't drink. Um, I have to be mindful of, of what I eat, not eat in the, you know, an abundance of bad foods before I do a reading. It's, it's really a, it's a whole process. It's not just the, the time I spend with a client. It's the time I take outside of the client that makes the reading, you know, a clear message. Do you use any, any tools of divination when you're doing your readings? No, I used to do like for a new client, I might use like, um, some Oracle cards, mm -hmm. but that's mostly just a prop for me. It's just something that I sit there and toil with. Um, really what I get is when I start talking to somebody, as soon as I start speaking with them, their spirit guides will come in or whoever feels like talking to me and they'll start telling me um, what I need to see and what I need to talk to them about. What was it like the first time that you were actually communicating with the spirit from the other side, an entity that had once been a living soul on this side who has now crossed into the next dimension or to the next reality or the next vibrational existence. What did it feel like? This all started happening just really um, methodically. When I started coming out of the closet doing, um, doing readings, the first thing that they are instructing me to do, my guides, um, I, I had a guide come in. It was actually a Buddhist monk. And they were telling me I needed to get training for healing. So I went and I became a Reiki master. Then the next step I started, um, I had this woman and she was my gatekeeper and a gatekeeper is what, um, us mediums will use to communicate with those of the past. So she came to me and then the very next day, right after my gatekeeper, I didn't really understand who a gatekeeper was. She was standing in front of a gate, but then I finally, uh, was able to research the information to see what that was. But the very first communication happened to be, um, my my stepfather had passed away within that month and as soon as i received an email i didn't read it and i was just like okay this person had died of a, a massive heart attack and sure enough that's exactly what it said in the email oh wow so the next uh the next couple of nights um my stepfather had come to me and we hadn't seen each other for um four years and he was telling me he wanted me to contact his new wife and he even gave me her phone number and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I'm just, you know, I was shaking to death. I was like, this woman hates me. <laughs> I'm going to call her, and, you know. But it was amazing to give somebody the phone number to reach the person. And as soon as I called, um, and, you know, she picked up right away. And mm -hmm. it's because he knew that. He knew that she would pick up. And it, it's, it's amazing. They just sit there and tell you, um, this is what they're going through. I'm worried about them. Uh, I want you to let them know I'm okay, you know. Um, this is any, you know, even showed me who he had passed with and she was able to validate that for me. She's, you know, she, it was his father had actually passed away, um, on my birthday that year. And I didn't, I had no idea. So it was all a very interesting validation for me. It was like, that was my very first, I mean, I had that happen when I was, um, when I was a child, I had, I know when people had passed and I didn't pay a lot of attention. I didn't know it was mediumship, you know, that I was doing at the time, but this was really uh, an awakening moment. I was like, okay, wait a second. You can get this much detail to get a phone number and to get events that are going on in that person's life that you have no idea of knowing. That was amazing. I guess I needed that personal experience mm -hmm. to be my first experience in order to really understand um, how my readings are with other people. Why do you think your, your ability, your gift is so dead on and so varied right across the spectrum. Like, you know, you're, you're a very talented and, and in tune psychic 
remote viewer medium. I, I have been, I've been doing this show for 26 years, and you are the very first medium who's come on who said that I have been given a telephone number by someone on the other side. I called and got the person that the spirit asked me to connect with. Yes. <laughs> that, you know, I can't accredit this to myself. I accredit it to the spirit team that I work with. I mean, that's, I'm only able to do it through them. That's just a, it's a demonstration, um, how close that veil is hmm. and how close the dimensions really are. And it's, it's very amazing. I mean, I can have, um, we have weird events happen in our house all the time because of this, because spirits know that we see things and we'll have things print out on our printer. Um, it's very, it's very odd, but it, it just, it lets you know that, um, it doesn't just stop here. You know, it's, it's matter. It just changes form. You know, it's never created nor, nor destroyed. It just changes form. And even though someone passes, Whoops. they still do exist. All right. You and I have to take our commercial break. We'll be right okay. back. Exonation. Don't go away. This is a fascinating story. And we'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. My goodness, this young lady that we're speaking to today gave me goosebumps uh, in the last <laughs> segment. Her name is Melena Hosl, Hoslandale. There we go. There and go. Uh, she is in Oregon, Portland, Oregon. And uh, I, I, have to, I have to just go back because you said something where you get messages printed out on your printer. And when you said that, man, <laughs> I got the goosebumps. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, you know, we... We lived um, in Kentucky at one point, and uh, we were talking about moving. My husband and I were sitting there talking, and we had our printer off and everything like that. We were just sitting there in our, in our offices, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, something starts printing out, you know. And, it, and what printed out was, um, your work here is not done. And we're like, okay. <laughs> we don't even have that. We didn't even have the font that it was in on our computer, and both of our computers were shut down. We had no idea how this printed out, but we weren't supposed to leave there yet. And the reason being that we found out later on is that um, my husband's grandmother actually was getting ready to pass. So there's a couple chain of events that had to happen and we weren't supposed to leave yet. But uh, it was amazing just how spirit messages can come through like that. Um, and then probably the most recent one that we had is uh, – we're out of ink on our printer. We don't have any mm-hmm. color, color ink in there. And there was a picture printed out of our staircase. So that means that somebody had to take a picture of our staircase and actually print it out. Uh, we have no idea how that would even happen because you have to sit there and press our printer t- t- uh, three times the buttons to get it to actually print something. So we're like, okay. But, you know, that just – it goes to tell you, again, that um, – People can communicate to you. Spirits can communicate to you. And even people that aren't related to you just happens to be the spirits around your house at the time, you know, that they will find some way to communicate. Uh, do you get a lot of guests over to your house for dinner? No, I, we do I, not. <laughs> a lot of sleepovers? No, not at all. Well, what, do you, what do your four sons say about what goes on? The, to them, it's normal because we've made it normal. I mean, the, this is something that always occurs. 
So we just, we talk about it, you know, it's nothing to be, um, fearful of. So, and we place that on our children too, you know, it's nothing to be scared of. It's just communication and this is how people do it. So it's a very normal thing when something like that happens, nobody freaks out about it or, you know, is running scared or anything. We just, we just validate it. We unplugged our printer. (laughs) but uh, I was like, I don't know if I wanted more messages like those pictures. That's pretty intense. Um, But yeah, that's just an, uh, it's an amazing thing. Wow. Uh, how, 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 why do you think this happens? Like printers going off, uh, with no ink in them or, or, you know, like the printer's off, turns on, prints in a font that you don't have. Yeah. Do you try to get any scientific sense of what is going on or, or how to explain it rationally? We always try to debunk things first. That's a that's the first thing. You try to make sure, like, how can this happen? Who could have, di- have done this? You know, you go around checking devices, seeing if there's a picture of the stairs and, uh, like, a, what angle did they take this? And, you know, we do really take a scientific approach to try to prove it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but why do people do this? Like, s- spirit guides, like, sometimes if you're not listening, like, if I was not listening clairvoyantly, like, when we were talking about making a move. Yeah they had to go to the extreme of actually printing this out. So that's, that's pretty amazing to me. It's like, Hey, no, wait, stop. It's not time to move yet. You know? So, um, we had to, that, that totally changed our course. So we just both were like out loud, you know, all right, we hear you. We're not going to move yet. We're going to just move locally. And that's what we did. You know, so it's something, sometimes everybody needs a wake up call. And and for us, it's like our spirit guides really know how to communicate to us in certain times. What has been your most awe inspiring moment since you become professional at, at what you do? Oh, I think I, you know, I really feel like it's a privilege. It's a privilege to me every time I get the opportunity to read for somebody and every time that they're able to sit there and say, that's exactly what someone just told me. And I'm, you know, I'm exactly, I'm on the right path. That's, that's very inspiring. It inspires me on a daily basis. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's, um, I'm able to give them a message that they needed that they just couldn't hear themselves. Um, and I also encourage like a lot of my clients to, uh, you know, I, I encourage them to develop their own gifts. It's not, I don't want someone to always feel like they have to go to a psychic medium in order to connect to themselves. Yeah. You know, I want people to understand that they can connect to themselves anytime they choose to and decide to. Once they get on that wavelength and they start to align themselves with that vibration, they can start doing it in an automated process. They might not have, I mean, get to the level that they want to do readings for people, mm-hmm. but to be able to hear that for yourself, to get directions, <laughs> you know, in your life, that that's uh, so yeah. so priceless to me. So that's really inspiring all the time. Every time I'm able to help somebody, it's very inspiring for me. Has it ever happened to you that you that one of the people who come to you turns into a uh, turns it into a habit and you find out that this person is just expecting too much and that you, they're, 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 they're draining you. Yeah, there's, yeah, there are some, we call them psychic vampires. You Mm -hmm. could say that is why I do not charge a cheap price. People may think that's crazy, but I do that for, I do that for a reason. I don't want somebody coming to me every day 
asking me how to live their life. That's not my job. Yeah. That's their job. And I want to teach them how to be independent. You know, it, it's great to get check-ins. It's like, you might use me for a few minutes. You might use me for 30 minutes. But like when someone starts to develop a habit, and I'm, I'm really careful with telling people, you know what, you just you just had a reading. I don't have any problem with turning somebody down um, if I feel like they're abusing uh, readings. Because it's just not something that, you know, you don't want to create any psychic addictions. I want That's to create... Right, yeah. I don't want them to be reliant on me. I want them to learn how to listen to themselves. What have you been told about the other side? For me, it's really just, it's on a different, it's different wavelengths. It's different vibrations. And that's, you have your lower vibrations and you have your higher vibrations. Your lower vibrations is um, where you have some of the negative entities and negative spirits. And that's really where um, people that are in a negative space can remain if they choose to, if they haven't passed um, and chose to move on. And then you have your higher vibrations where you have people that are um, spiritual teachers that, uh, that move on very quickly and just can really jump right back into different modes. So that's what's, uh, it's very interesting how that kind of meshes and how, you know, people always ask me, like, aren't you afraid of something negative coming through? And it's, it's like, no, if you're in a negative state, you can have negative stuff come through. But if you're coming from a higher place in yourself, you're only going to have positive and you're going to be protected by that. You know, is, is, is there anything that a person should do when they are going to visit a, a psychic? How should they prepare for the visits? How should they prepare in order to get the very best reading that they can? I always ask people to do um, to talk to the spirit that they want to come through. Um, we, it's interesting. There's a, like a spirit hierarchy. Um, when you come to a reading, it's like, you can't guarantee someone that your grandfather is going to come through. You can't guarantee that, um, their grandmother is going to come through. Mm -hmm. It's whoever needs to speak to you first. So, and for different mediums that they might have different techniques, but that's just how it works for me. It's like, if you have an issue with somebody, um, I'll give you an example. I had a client that had a, an issue with their father and that's the person that showed up. And she's like, I described them to them and I told them this is what they look like. This is what they did. This mm -hmm. is how they passed, you know, because I like to provide that information for them um, when they first come to me. I don't want them to tell me what they look like. I don't want them to tell me how they passed. I want that spirit to tell me because I want to prove to you that that's who that I'm talking with. So when that happens, um, you know, some people are like, they shut down the reading right away. No, that's my father and I don't want to talk to him. And then no other spirits will step forward. So sometimes that's how it works. That's a uh, little arrogant of them, isn't it? Pardon me? That's a little arrogant and being disrespectful yeah. to the uh, spirits. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes people aren't ready for the message that they're going to receive. And I, I have to honor that. You know, I do have a, I guess, yeah. a really high ground of ethics with that. If somebody's not ready for the message, then I won't deliver it for them. That's fine. Have you ever had a person who wanted to communicate with the spirit and you are able to connect with that spirit and that spirit says, hey, I don't want to talk to them? No, I've never had that happen. Um, usually as soon as I start making connection, it, it happens really quickly mm -hmm. and the information comes in very quickly. I might get um, sounds. I might get like a nickname that they used to call that person or it just starts coming in. They'll start showing me pictures. Um showing me like what they bought this person. Um, it's, 
it's pretty amazing once you start to actually get a connection again all that information is just infused in you basically and you have to talk very quickly so that's just how it transmutes to you oh wow so have what's it like when i when you're doing a communicating session to the other side and the spirit on the other side is a child you're a mom you have four sons how do you deal with that that emotion yeah that's really um definitely i've had a, a couple of children come through and it's very emotional for it's for for me what they're showing him um it, it's interesting because they have they don't they come to you even though they have like some childlike behaviors to them they are so advanced in their spirit form that they're able to, mm-hmm. to communicate um, to the parent, you know, thank you for giving me this life. My, my life, my contract that I had here on earth was short and you helped me advance to this next level. And it kind of explains the reason behind this and explains the emotions and the lesson that they were sent here to give those people. How do we ration, how do we rationalize with people the the philosophy of religion and the talents of a psychic? That's the big big question. I mean, we've been having psychic experiences and occurrences and phenomena since I mean before Christ and you know back in Plato and Socrates and Aristotle I mean everybody's been mentioning this over and over and over again mm-hmm. and yet there's certain people that have religious labels that want to deny these parts of ourselves and really you know if like you really look at it it's like you know Jesus was a medium exactly so how can we sit there and denounce the gifts that we are given But you see, you're looking at it with open eyes and an open heart. Yes. And this is the big problem we have today with religion, and this is why I believe, this is just my personal belief, that the the religious philosophical arena is in such a disarray is because people are not opening up their eyes and their hearts anymore. Yes. It's a suppression. And again, it's just like when you start to suppress your gifts over and over again, you start to not listen. You start to have, uh, it starts to become inactive. You know, you're, mm-hmm. there's, there's philosophies that, you know, your psychic gifts come, they stem from your pineal gland that's behind your neck and then, you know, resonating with your third eye. And it's like that pineal gland actually calcifies um, over time and you start to not use it. It's just like a muscle. You know, if, if I didn't use my skills every single day, then they wouldn't be as strong. Malena, please stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exxon Nation, Malena Hoslandale is our special guest, www.livingonintuition.com. And we'll both be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Just a reminder, everyone, the uh, current edition of the X Chronicles newspaper is now available for one and all. And if you're a member of a paranormal group, if you're a paranormal investigator, if you're a 
member of a UFO team or anyone who deals in the paranormal or the parapsychology, we have a special uh, pricing there for you. Instead of the two six uh, two ninety nine, all you do is you pay a dollar ninety nine ninety two full color pages, and that's at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Melina, um, we've been talking about a lot of things in this past hour, and I'd like to thank you for coming on and, and sharing your wisdoms and your gifts with us. But what do you see for the future? What do you see for the future of of the world that we live in? I see people starting to kind of come together. I feel like there's a, an awakening point. I feel like this started to happen like last, last year. People started to... Uh, People that do have gifts are awakening and we're helping other people raise their vibrations. So I see that happening. Um, it's going to be more prominent. And the thing that separates us being religion, I see that I don't see religion fading away or anything like that. But I do see us starting to find the commonalities, realizing that all of us are a part of one another. And that when we bring somebody up, even if it is from a different denomination, we're bringing the whole up and we're going to start to have more of a focus on the whole instead of the individual. What about all the, all the strife in the world today? We have North Korea. We have what's going on in the middle East. We have the, the terrorism that seems to be spreading worldwide. Well, the, the amazing thing is, is when you, you have good, you're going to have evil. That's always going to be a battle. It's just now we're being called to take action to ourselves and we're being called in a different way. And that I feel that getting people into like for myself personally, it's just time of raising people's vibrations, raising their awareness and doing it on a way that they feel comfortable. Like I deal with all different religions, all the different denominations, different cultures and helping them all at the same time. You know, that's that's what overpowers the evil. That's what overpowers, you know, when we sit there and we ingest news over and over and over again, we get ourselves in a lower state vibration. Um, it's good to be aware. I, I'm always for being aware of things, but repetitive um, ingestion of just like that negativity, it's going to change your own vibrations and make you feel like there's no hope, make you feel that something is overpowering you, you know, take a step back from that after, you, you know, you you watch that, take a step back and try to ingest things that are positive to keep yourself up, to keep that uplifted spirit that mm -hmm. you need. What do you, what do you suggest people do if they'd like to develop their own psychic ability? I always suggest like, see what you feel drawn to. That, that was mainly what I did. Like mm -hmm. your guides are going to have a certain course of action. Sometimes we're trained in our dreams. Like, you know, if you have trouble expressing yourself on the physical plane, usually what will happen is uh, your guides will speak to you in your dreams and kind of show you different things. I remember when I was before I was going to, to college, again, I didn't believe in psychics. And um, I had a, a dream about visiting a psychic. I saw the exact person. I saw the woman, and she was going to help me. And then the next day I had a, one of my colleagues tell me, hey, there's a psychic fair. And I was like, ask me if I want to go. So I went. And I saw that lady there. Hmm. I saw the psychic out of a whole room of people. And here's this woman I saw in my dreams. So, you know, I was, I went to her and the first thing she said, she was like, you're pretty psychic yourself. And I was like, I'm not going to let this lady know anything about me, <laughs> you know, cause I was very apprehensive about it. But, um, that's, 
and I forgot your original question. <laughs> but no, you know, my question, my question was, was how can people develop their own psychic powers? Uh, pay attention to your intuition. You're going to get messages. Once you're sitting there and you ask for messages and do this, you can do this through prayer. You can do this through meditation, whatever mm -hmm. you feel comfortable with doing, start taking maybe five minutes a day. If you can to just try to connect, try to connect to your higher self and ask what you're supposed to do. You're going to start to get messages. They're going to start to come in and they could come in in signs of like actual signs, um, pages that you turn to in a book. Um, you, you'll start to get repetitive messages over and over. When I started going into healing, I kept seeing the word, the word um, clear channel. It came to me in books. It came to me in articles. It came to me at my job place. It was ridiculous. But that's because I was supposed to start with healing first before I started working um, as a psychic medium. You've, you've mentioned your spirit guides. How do you know who your spirit guides are? Let's see. The, the first one, I didn't know. I couldn't understand who these people were that were coming to me. Mm -hmm. It was really confusing. I was like, oh, is this, is this a spirit or, or whatnot? But as I started to do um, some, some more research on it, they would give me names. And sometimes this would happen over a span of like maybe three years. Like my healing guy that came in um, happened the, the year before I came out as a psychic. So it was very, then I got the name. So I got, the, their name is Master Chi Hong, for example, for my healing guide. And that's a Buddhist monk that I, that I would see. The person came to me, they have, you know, very bright, vibrant orange robe on. The next person that I um, would meet would be my gatekeeper. And that's the gatekeeper to the spirit world. That would be the guy that works with me. And once you meet them, you don't um, see them all the time after that point. You just know the essence. And when you see them, you kind of know, like, if I am I doing a reading with somebody and I happen to see my healing guide, then I know that I'm going to be channeling healing for that person as well as doing a reading. Or if I see my other, my gatekeeper, then I know a spirit's coming through. And it works differently for different people, too. Uh, many psychics say that they can, they can tap into the Akashic records. Yes. How do you do yeah. that? You have to have the person's permission to do that. Um, for myself, especially um, having a past life, my husband and I have had a past life together. So we actually returned to our prior names that we had in, in our lifetime before. And it wasn't until we were married probably about the fourth or fifth year that we received those names. But yeah, the Akashic Records is something that you can tap into for yourself. Um, if you're a reader, you can do it for other people if you have their direct permission. And where are the Akashic Records? <laughs> There's a different vibration. It's a different level. It's kind of like um, you have different levels. Like you have levels of doing angel readings with people, and then you have mm -hmm. levels of doing Akashic Records. And the Akashic Records is just like this huge... Uh, I would love to, it's like a this huge library in the spirit world where everything is recorded and you're able to actually go in and pinpoint those things and pinpoint those different past lives with people. It helps them understand when you're doing those readings for people, it helps them understand some of the issues that they've brought over with them in this lifetime and help them resolve that issue so that they're able to, it could be like a phobia that you have. Um, it could be some type of repetitiveness um, or it can even be like, 
there's also times too when you tap into somebody's Akashic records that you help just validate um, some of the events that are going on in their lives right now and it helps them realize the pattern so they don't repeat it. Interesting. So interesting. And you also do angel readings as well. Yes. My goodness. I love angels. I, I, I believe in angels. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I know they're there. I, I've seen an angel. Uh, and um, so it, d nobody would ever have any problems saying that angels are real. However, when they say angels aren't real, they're in for a bit of a fight. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Now, what are your interpretation of angels? Who are they and what do they do? Angels are definitely there for guidance. Um, it's interesting. I don't see angels around everybody. I feel that certain people work with um, the angelic realm and certain people don't. Um, I get a lot of readers that come to me. I, I have a lot of mediums that come to me and healers and shamans that get guided towards me. And it's very interesting when they come in because they all have different guides. Um, and there's certain people that work with the angelic realm in particular, like they might do angelic healing um, and do angel readings. And they are surrounded by usually two or three angels, sometimes just one guardian that's there with them. But it all depends who you work with. So it's just interesting that it's not the same for everybody when you have them come in. Wow, it's been uh, it's it's been quite a voyage for you, quite a quite a trip for you and your family. And do you think that 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 this life of ours is predestined? We do have certain agreements. Yes, I, you know I do feel that we enter into a contract before we become earthbound, and we make certain agreements that we're going to acquire. And like um, you might have an agreement, um, say with your, with your wife that you're going to meet her at this particular time that, that becomes a destiny point in your life. And no matter how long it takes you to get there, it's still going to happen. You know, it's like you're destined to do certain things. Wow. Listen, we've got about uh, 30 seconds uh, before we have to say so long with you, but what are your final thoughts for the, for the listening audience tonight? I just hope that I, you know, encourage people to really follow their own intuition and to really start exploring it, to give some validation to people that are having questions and to keep asking questions and keep finding answers. I believe love is the answer. Absolutely. Melena, thank you so much for joining us. And like I said, I look forward to the next time you and I meet here in the Exxon. Please give my best to your husband, your sons, and Exxon Nation if you'd like more information about Melena, if you'd like to. Book a one-on-one -on -one consultation with her. Her website is www.livingonintuition.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center. Well, that was a little loud, Craig, but thank you so much for blowing my eardrums out. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We'll be back. Don't go away. <laughs> 